0: And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, Kingstown Communion.net. At the table of the Scripture today comes from Luke 14, verses 25 through 35. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters. Yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost? to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you, can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is useful neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. They throw it away. If you have ears to hear, then hear. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So many of us, especially our youngest Kingstown Saints right now, and our educators and school support staff, and even some of you who are stepping off, I know, into new jobs right now or to new relationships and big changes in your life. So many of us are in the process of beginning something new and in need of some encouragement for the journey, right? And then here's Jesus today instead delivering one of the hardest lessons ever. Just when we need a breather, Jesus raises the stakes for us. Today we're wrapping up our late summer sermon series about money and possessions and what Jesus actually says about it. And the scripture might even sound a bit familiar to you, like you might have just read it a couple of weeks ago. We're in Luke 14 this time, but you're not wrong. (laughs) A, A few weeks ago we heard Matthew say something very similar while d- dropping that weird line that probably stuck with you again about hating your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters. Luke ends up taking us in a whole new direction with this, which is why I'm okay with a little duplication in our readings. Luke takes us in a whole new direction, but the the crux of his message is still the same as it was in the beginning of this series. Luke, like Matthew... Would have us evaluate who exactly is at the beginning of our sentence? Is it God or is it us? Luke, like Matthew, would have us change the subject if it's not God. but Luke does this by introducing a, a new word into our convo about about Jesus and money and possessions. It's no mystique. It's no mistake at all that when Jesus in Luke's gospel talks about faith and how we ought to live out our faith, he uses a word right out of our capitalistic economy. He asks what price tag is on it? What does it cost? I remember when I I walked into my undergrad course on introductory physics, and I was surprised when the professor said, for tomorrow you must read the entire first chapter of a book like this thick and understand it all Oh, and yes, you're going to have a lab every Wednesday afternoon for about three hours. Like, I felt betrayed. Because I thought physics was, like, simple common sense. Like, everything that goes up must come down. That's physics, right? But all of a sudden, I was left wondering, wait, is physics actually hard? And today's gospel echoes from Jesus. For everything, there is a cost. Why on earth did I sign up for physics as an English major? I didn't even need it to graduate. (laughs) And when I was teaching, a colleague of mine also coached the football team, and he told me that this one kid walked up to him on the first day of practice and said, well, I would like to play football, and in fact, I'm going to win the Heisman Trophy one day. Just watch me, he said. And my friend, the coach, he said, well, that's nice. That's real nice. But first, kid, you're going to have to shed those 20 extra pounds that you bear. And you're also going to have to come out to the field every afternoon immediately after class and practice with the team until dark. You knew that, right? And you're going to have to be in the weight room working out every single Saturday morning. And this kid was like, wait, I thought football was going to be fun. And my ticket to college and today's gospel echoes again. For everything there is a cost. Any parent will tell you the same that that one of the toughest tasks of parenting is teaching your your child the value of things, the cost of things, right? We have to teach our kids that for everything we desire in life, there is a cost. <laughs> And in today's scripture, Luke says that great crowds are now following Jesus, multitudes in fact. It turns out Jesus is a success, and who can argue with the numbers around Jesus? And and when the, the crowds gather, what what does Jesus say to the crowds? Did you hear it? He tells them to go count the cost, to go read the price tag on following him. And he does this in, in a few ways. He says, no king would ever, no good king, would ever go to war without first sitting down and contemplating if he had had enough weaponry to win the war that he's waging. Otherwise, he would be advised to go and ask his opponent for terms of peace. And then he says, and a contractor? Well, any contractor, and good contractor, knows they would look like a fool if they began a building project without first contemplating how many bricks he needs to actually finish the project. Otherwise he'll get halfway through and run out of bricks and look ridiculous in front of all of his neighbors and his colleagues. You have to count the cost, Jesus says. And yet this may be a particularly difficult word for us the church to hear among some of those out there who who teach and and advocate for how churches should grow there is this this talk of the need to create user-friendly churches churches where anyone can walk in off the streets and immediately feel comfortable and get the point and feel loved in these user-friendly churches all of the hymns are readily singable and as easy and memorable as some advertising jingle and only ever talk those hymns only ever talk about sweet the sweet love of jesus right all concepts and sermons are to be understandable comprehensible palatable to anyone regardless of who they are and where they come from and always Always about the sweet love of Jesus that washes over you and makes you feel good about the way you live your life and never calls you to change your life. You know, everything without a cost. User-friendly churches do seem to grow, though, right? They do. They have large parking lots, but in our gospel reading today, these great crowds seem to Jesus to be not a sign of success, but but something that needs to be addressed, a problem that needs to be addressed. Jesus' sermon to the crowds that day actually sounds like an assault, a means to ensure that the crowd will be a great deal smaller at next Sunday's service, not a way to add extra seats. And to these great crowds, Jesus says that there is a cost. And he urges them to count the cost, to read the price tag, and honestly, that's what, that's what we've been doing at Kingstown over this last month through this, this sermon series. Urging you to make God the subject of your sentence. Urging you to count the cost. And when we do this, there, there are always those who aren't so sure it's going to land well. To be honest, I'm, I've been one of them. People really like their churches to be cozy and comfortable and to not talk about money. This series is surely not easy and approachable and not intimidating, that's for sure. But I'll tell you, you all have surprised me. And I don't know why I'm even surprised by you anymore because you have surprised me in the past many, many times before now. But here I am over here fully expecting folks to check out and to duck and cover and to quietly sneak off to check out for the month and then return, you know, in September sometime. Maybe even send me some less than happy little emails about how you loved Kingstown because it didn't talk about money and now we get, here we go changing things on you. But you didn't. Over the last like 30 days of this series, I didn't have one person unsubscribe from our emails or send me a nasty note. Instead, what I found was a church of grateful people, people grateful that we were taking seriously one of the most anxious daily conversations of your life. Grateful that we were taking seriously what you what you had to offer to the world, what you have to offer to God, grateful that we were taking seriously the cost of your finances on your faith. Which leads me to a new insight regarding this tough gospel for today. I tell you, not only is there a cost to everything which is important to life and we and we ought to count the cost, but also this, that, that, that you are eager to pay the cost. I think you are looking for something worth giving your life to maybe maybe that is the reason why you have come to kingstown why you have tuned in this morning for worship you are you are willing eager for something so large so true and demanding that there is a cost and i know this because because of some of you who have come to me asking what what can i give to help this church thrive I know this because some of you have have come to me sharing vulnerably and honestly the things that are that you're most ashamed of as it relates to your money and you come in the spirit of confession to give that to God. I know this because some of you have reached out asking for long-term accountability in the way you spend your money asking that someone might be might might hold you accountable year after year in growing in love and devotion to God. I, I, and I know this. I know this because in the midst of one of the most challenging financial moments of our church's history, you all have counted the cost and helped ensure that we we not only don't fall further behind, but we are set up to thrive for our first year of in-person ministry since 2019. You know, I've I've come to a conclusion That we, the church, for so long have made a mistake. Too often we, we pitch everything to the lowest common denominator, right? We put everything on the bottom shelf. And perhaps that suits the majority of people. Perhaps that suits the crowds. But it doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit everybody. There are some people, and maybe some of those people are you, for whom life is so confusing and so perplexing and there's so many questions unanswered already that you know in your heart of hearts that if there is anything that can speak to you, anything that can make a difference in your life, it will not come simply and it will not come cheap. It will not be three easy steps to a better you or some, some simple slogan that you can throw on a bumper sticker. It will not come without cost. It will be something which will demand something of you. You will have to give something up. You will have to give something of yourself. You will have to to change in order to grow. You will have to put God at the front of your sentence. There is a cost to everything important. And so we can't make Christian discipleship something trivial, unimportant, and easy. Your life is not that way, right? The cross of Jesus Christ is not that way either. And the thing I've learned in being in ministry with you all is that you are eager to pay the cost. When I was working in student life at Duke, I remember Teach for America coming to recruit at one of the student events. Teach for America is this organization which recruits the nation's best college and university students to go teach in some of the most impossible teaching situations in the country. And I was a graduate student assisting in some student life events and the recruiter looked out on this crowd of of Duke University undergraduates and said, I don't really know why I'm here today. I can tell just by looking out at you that you probably are uninterested in what I have to say. This is One of the best universities in America. I get it. You all are successful. This is why you are here to go become some greater success on Madison Avenue or Wall Street or go to law school afterwards. Right. And here I stand. I'm trying to recruit some people for one of the most difficult jobs you'll ever have in in anyone's life. And and I'm looking out for people who want to go you know, into burned out classrooms in Watts and teach biology. I'm looking for people who wanna go into a little one room schoolhouse uh, to teach six years old and 13 year olds all all at the same time. We, we had three teachers last year actually killed in their classrooms. I, I know that none of you want to throw your life away on anything like that. And on the other hand, if by chance there is somebody here today who may be interested, I've got some brochures you can come meet me back there, but my little talk is 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 done now. I'm I'm finished. And with that, all the students they jumped up. And they started rushing down the aisles, rushing down to the front to talk to this woman, fighting over her pamphlets just dying to apply to teach for America. And I learned I learned that people are hungry to give their lives to something more important than themselves. It is a fact of life, not only that everything costs us something, but that in our better moments, we are even eager to pay the cost. And so I ask you, do you believe today's gospel lesson from Luke, these tough words from Jesus, do you believe they are good news or bad news? They're tough news, but perhaps, just perhaps, for your life and for mine, these are good news today. That Jesus comes asking us to pay the ticket price. And in our better moments, we are just dying to pay the cost. I offer this to you in the name of God the Father, in the name of Christ his Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the table of the Lord, there is peace at the table.